comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. You must finish what you started. Why? Because you're right. Yeah, look. Your ancestors called it magic, and you call it science. Well, I come from a place where they're one and the same thing. What is that? My father explained it to me like this, that your world is one of the nine realms of the cosmos, linked to each other by the branches of Vigdrasil, the world's tree. Now you see it every day without realizing. The images glimpsed through, uh, what did you call it, this, uh, this Hubble telescope. Hubble. <sighs> Hubble telescope. <laughs> Tell me more. Banded together from remote galaxies are the most sinister villains of all time. The Legion of Dudes! Dude! His dudeness, duder, el duderino. Dude! Dude! Dedicated to a single objective, the conquest of the universe. Well, I guess that's worth a look. It's the Legion of Dudes podcast. The Dudes. Happy Thor's Day, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Legion of Dudes. My name is Ken Morgan, and joined to me on this uh, special episode of The Legion of Dudes, again, is are my partners for these commentaries, Russell Latham and Jim Dietz. How you doing, guys? Good. I think I'm a little Thor from all the Thor puns. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, well, Thursday is does have its origins in Thor. Thor's Day, if I remember, is that, isn't that correct? It's true. It's true. All right, and we do release a show on Thursdays, but no matter what day you're listening to this episode, it is Thor's Day because we are going to do our Legion of Dudes commentary, which we tend to want to do for the movie Thor, which came out uh, this week as it airs. And uh, so the three of us got together. I think we were together. For, it was the same three of us for the Hulk commentary, the Incredible Hulk, which was the last one we did, right? Yeah, and I'm I'm hoping that the internet gods and the uh, weather gods are, <laughs> That's right. um, are happy tonight so I don't get bounced out for uh, an hour of this movie, and I'll be be here for the long haul. And, and, and Russ, on behalf of the Sins of Texas, uh, thank you. I guess you've been uh, out from time to time battling the fires in Texas this month, haven't you? Oh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh it's been pretty crazy. I mean, luckily... Uh, the folks in Bastrop have been hit way harder than we were in little old Caldwell County, but uh, but yeah, we had our our fair share of uh, ten thousand acre fires out yeah, here. Yeah, you sent some impressive and scary pictures. Yeah, I really wish I would have had uh, had my I, I forgot my phone at the station when we left, and um, so I didn't get I didn't get any good ones from my from my camera. So I'm trying to gather some up uh, to to share some more. But yeah, it was pretty intense. Cool. After after twenty hours, yeah. we we're all. Um, pretty whipped, and there were there were guys out there that were out there a heck of a lot longer, and for days after I was out there. So, hats off to them. Uh, yeah, and it's scary. Um, 
I really like this idea you had, Ken, of kind of archiving these commentaries for all the Marvel Universe movies or Marvel Movie Universe movies, I yep. guess you'd call them. Yeah, the Mar- Marvel Studios is a good way to say it, but yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I, thank you. Uh, I think it's definitely going to be worth our while, especially spending some time with and digging in these Easter eggs. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing Captain America. Hopefully we'll get a couple more, more of the dudes on for that one because I know we all love that movie. Uh, and that's uh, scheduled for October 25th uh, to release. And uh, so if, if, if we're set, we may do that one same week as well. So we'll see. For now, I'm going to turn it over to Russ because I don't want to waste any more time because uh, it's actually getting a little bit late where we are and we have two hours of movie to work through. So, Russ, you want to help us get set up and synced up for this uh, commentary and we'll do all of our chatting in the movie itself. Uh, I will. So we're going to do this just, if you've listened to our other commentaries, we're going to do this just like we've done the other one. The Paramount ones are nice, so just like we did for Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2, um, it starts out with the Paramount logo. So if you're playing it through your DVD or your Blu-ray, you're going to want to fast forward through all of your FBI and Interpol warnings, get past your menu, and actually um, get the movie proper starting and then you'll probably get the little rating screen that tells you, you know, whether it's appropriate for your children or your grandchildren or your nie- nieces and nephews. Um, and then you'll you'll actually get to the start of the movie. And what we'll do is we'll have you you pause at the four second mark. And if you have a digital file, you should be right at the four second mark. It's right when the param the black of the uh, goes away, and you should start to see four little stars just barely starting to streak out of the upper left corner of your screen. And like I said, it, it, I'm working from the Blu-ray. It's right at the four-second mark. Go ahead and hit pause. So go ahead and get, hit pause on your Legion of Dudes recording here, and go ahead and get your, your video file set up. And then when we come back, we'll do a little one, two, three, unpause, and then we'll, we will start. So go ahead and pause your, your recording now and get set up. everybody welcome back we're going to get started we're going to do a three two one unpause this always takes me back because this was uh our very first commentary with star trek to the same scene oh yeah that's right i forgot about that yeah. it wasn't just iron man it, it was no. uh it was star trek as well star trek featuring chris hemsworth yes yes little did we know we didn't. We did not know at that point. It wasn't much longer after that that we did find out it would be. Yeah, yeah. Kirk's baby daddy. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So um, I, I like how in all these movies we don't spend a lot of time with credits. In fact, we spend no time with credits. I think they were all like that. No, that's not, not true. Uh, Incredible Hulk did have credits, but at least it had um, content mixed in with them. They were but I don't think credits. the Iron Man's really... well. Iron Man One did what Iron Man Two did because it recapped Iron Man One in its in its credits, opening credits. Well, I think they had a scene, and then they had the opening credits for both Iron Man movies, didn't they? Like, I know the credits weren't the very first. Scene oh, we saw. you know what? You're right. Even in Thor here, I think uh, we're going to get some credits after this scene here. Yeah, on yeah Earth. they have like an opening scene that kind of sets the tone, and then they yeah. go into the credits. Th- this yeah. this kind of sets uh, up one of the things I loved about this movie. Uh, I've talked about when we were when we were leading up to Thor and we did a review that 
I was concerned how they're going to make a, 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 the gods of Asgard be believable in the universe that they've established in Iron Man 1, 2, and the Incredible Hulk. And by starting us out on Earth and giving us this little bit of a grounding, that, that kind of helps set the tone. But I know a lot of people really wanted more of Asgard, but I, I still maintain that would not have worked for this movie and what it needed to accomplish. Agree 100%. Um, I think it would have just been a little too far out there for most. And, and again, like you said, I think just a great choice to, to start it on Earth and kind of give us this little um, little beat here. Plus you have that whole ultimate take of, is he really a god of thunder or is he just some crazy guy that they found out in the desert? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so you get that mixed in with like this whole other continuity. I mean, in original 616, uh, Jane Foster was a uh, a nurse. You know, it was a totally different storyline. Right. Yeah, she's always been a woman of science to one degree or another. I mean, early on she was just she was a nurse. I don't mean I say just a nurse. She was a nurse. Um, but I think in the current comics she's a doctor of her own right, and now in here she's a doctor but a scientist. And again, they, we start out with more science than magic or um, mythology right. or you know whatever you want to call it, and then they kind of bleed that in. And this is a con- um, that's a concept that is. Pretty much established. We've had science throughout the first three movies. Here we're getting this first idea, this concept of science and magic being one and the same, and that carries over later on into Captain America um, as well, which is uh, very important, I think, to helping believe that these things can exist at the same time. Extension, I think, even in Iron Man. You know, as, as we talked about, um, the Cosmic Cube being kind of the precursor mm-hmm. to the to the um, Arc reactor. So, so again, it just kind of all comes full circle. Yeah, here's our opening credits. It very much looks like the same kind of energy, you know, the same kind of intense blue glow, mm-hmm. you know, from the what was going on in the Red Skull's airship and the arc reactor, like we were saying, the uh, Incredible Hulk yeah. uh, commentary. Well, with the new information we have, you know, knowing that Howard Stark was present with the Cosmic Cube and he was there when it was recovered and seeing those notes, and we're not going to talk much more about Captain America. We'll save that for our actual Cap commentary. Um, but there's, there definitely is there for a reason. They clearly have something to do with each other. And when you have all those pieces um, of the puzzle, a picture is definitely forming. And, and that seems the obvious conclusion. Very Lord of the Rings uh, shot there. Yeah. Yeah. And now, now this is Tonsberg, uh, Norway. And yes. It, it, now, that is the same city from the beginning of Cap. I can't. I don't. I don't know. I, just, I, I don't can't recall. Remember. I I know they subtitled it, so I guess that'll give us something to look forward to when we do our cap commentary. We'll we'll have the the definitive answer yeah. for sure. Well, forty five days ish, give or take. <laughs> yeah. Actually, today's no about <laughs> just about thirty two days. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me this doesn't remind you no. of the for very beginning of Fellowship. No, 42. Four, it's about 45 days coming up. Oh yeah. It sure does. The two armies facing off each other, charging exactly. towards each other. Oh, it's exactly. You know, it's you know, cool though. I'm glad if they're gonna if they're gonna you know uh, pay homage to something. You know, Thor's fairly close. Uh huh. I love that the casket of ancient winters, the way they uh, are portraying it, and just just the power of it. Hoth. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, 
didn't have a chance to look at all of the special features, but I looked at a couple of them, and one of them was there's seven featurettes, and one of them, the first one I saw was from Asgard to Earth. And it was all about the set design, costume design, bringing these two worlds to life, um, Asgard and this small town in New Mexico. And it was actually was pretty fascinating, um, you know, stuff, kind of getting their, their, their thought processes down. I got to say, I love the sequence with yeah. the 360-degree uh, flip with the, the mountain and then Asgard below or above, I right. guess, depending on your point of view. But uh, again, in the uh, the art direction here, straight out of like Kirby and, si- mm-hmm. and Simonson, you know, very uh, austere, you know, giants, you know, mega city in the mountains. This reveal here was really beautiful and, and on the big screen. Yeah, I was pretty impressed with with how they pulled Asgard off. I mean, I think they they were able to get a nice balance. Again, it's very mythical, um, but but again, you know, more like a Lord of the Rings thing where it's kind of grounded. There's a lot of um, you know, grassy hillsides and, right. and greenery to inter, intersperse with the, the tall, you know, building spires and, and architecture. One, one of the, uh, I still say that kid is, you know, a dead ringer for the adult Loki. They did a great job casting a young ch- uh, young boy who would resemble the adult, the adult actor. I like Hopkins in this too. You know, I know uh, some people weren't, uh, really sold on his Odin, but I thought he really brought, like, the gravitas this kind of story needed to be taken seriously, you know? I mean, he really, uh, you know, he brings it every, you know, pretty much every movie he's in. Yeah, yeah when he gets to, uh, later on, when he banishes Thor, um, he's got a plan. He knows what he's doing. He's not simply banishing him out of spite or out of anger. He He does have a plan, but he keeps it to himself, so... You get that hard edge that you know it doesn't seem like it seems like Odin is not that he's not rational, but he he is um, just full of this anger. But really, he he knows what he's doing, and and you get a little bit of that here. The teacher, the wise king, that he wants his sons to grow up to be. It's interesting too. Oh, I'm sorry, Russ. How much uh, the continuity from the cartoon ties into this to the season finale or whatever the cartoon was all about Loki taking the, the power of Odin away during Odin's sleep, you know, some of those same, you know, plot points we see in this uh, in this movie. I gotta believe a lot of that is uh, deliberate, um, that one borrowed from the other for the sake of familiar- familiarity, uh, you know, especially for uh, the kids who be watching the cartoon and maybe watching this movie, they, they can see a story that's uh, different enough, but also similar in um, theme. I love that open. I just love the cocky Thor. Yeah. And waving to the crowd, tossing the hammer, um, helmet on his head, just just loving every single minute of it, and just cocky as can be. A little it's, wink to mom. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It, it's really funny, too, because there was a lot of talk when the movie came out about the fact that the, we never saw him with, yeah, we never saw him with the helmet. And so I thought it was pretty awesome that pretty the first time we see Thor in the movie, he's got the helmet on. So it was like, okay, everybody could just shut up now. Yeah, well, that's the only time we do see in the movie, I think, is this opening sequence. He doesn't wear it the rest, which is, which I'm which fine, is fine with. I'm fine with. Yeah, I'm totally fine. It's it's not like Spider-Man's mask. Loki spends more time in his helmet, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's not like we're he's wearing it to protect his identity like Spider-Man, and we get mad because he takes his mask off too much. It's, it's eh, whatever. It's more ceremonial, which, yeah. again, I think it's fine. 
Right, like ultimate ultimate store. I I know I keep going back to this, but it seems like they they borrow you know pretty freely from they all, do. the ultimate line uh, for this, which makes total sense. It's, it's more of a you know it makes it makes more sense to an audience that's coming to it fresh, new for the first time, you know, rather than having to bring in thirty or forty years of continuity for you know just to understand what's going on. And and I know once you cast an actor and we see the scenes and everything plays out, it you find it hard to, to imagine somebody else in the role, but I really do have a hard time finding anybody else that would capture the look um, of Thor like Hemsworth has. I think he just, they just, it was a really good bit of casting. Yeah, when we heard about him, like we said before, it was he was shortly after Star Trek, so everybody had uh, uh, George Kirk in their mind. And it's like, that's not Thor, but man, you know, it's nothing, don't shave, grow your hair, and lift a weight or two, and it, that makes all the difference. Plus, I mean, he looks right in size and stature compared to, uh, you know, Robert Downey's Tony Stark. And we've seen a few pictures now of him with uh, Scarlett Johansson and Jeremy Renner, uh, you know, as uh, Scarlett, as uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye. And he's got the stature now because he's put on that weight and that bulk or whatever that he looks like Thor. Yeah. You know, standing among the rest of them. I saw some uh, some uh, amateur footage, like somebody on a rooftop shooting some, uh, filming the uh, a fight scene of featuring of cap and thor um apparently I, we think it might have been like a like a, a run-through not the actual filming um but seeing those two fights side by side was was pretty cool actually this made me that more more excited for the actual movie in, in may i had a uh, friend of mine who just came back from cleveland who worked as a teamster uh on the shoot there the avengers shoot there i guess they were there for about two months oh and now we see the destroyer the first destroyer. time Probably one of the coolest things in this movie was yeah. the way they depicted the Destroyer. Again, the cl- classic Kirby design. They didn't mess with it at all. It just looks the way it always has. And I was very skeptical. I mean, we saw the early promo shots or the early mo- physical models. And uh, I tell you, when they when they put it to, to use on the screen, it just really came off very well. You know, one thing we completely did not do just now was um, take a moment to uh, take off all the ar- the artifacts that are in this room that we... I, mean, I I couldn't name them all. I'm sure Jim could probably get most of them. We need to find a way to do like the maximum movie mode commentary like <laughs> Zack Snyder does where we could pause it and then, you know, point things out and then have Yeah, short sh- like of like have a telestrator like Madden, you know. Like over here to the right is the Infinity Gauntlet <laughs> and over here to the left is the Casket of Ancient Winters. Thanks, John. Uh we could have uh yeah, short short of actually like embedding this uh, the, our commentary into the video file and putting it up as like a torrent file and getting the MPA after us, I, I don't really see how we could do that. Yeah, that's a good, yeah that would not be yeah, yeah, sticks and yeah, little things. Not yet. And again, we see the conflict here, which I, I again yeah. I like. So was he in the ceremony that got interrupted? Was he naming Thor as his successor? Or was he naming Thor as king, and he was going to step down? That I mean, wasn't really clear were to me. Expecting him to do that, uh, to but he didn't. Like it, it I, almost I, made it sound like you know, like when he said, especially there, when he said, "But you're not king, not yet." You know, it's like five minutes ago you would have been. You know, and they said, uh, Loki says later on, you know, you I, you were there to ruin my brother's big day or something to that effect. You know, what was the big day? It wasn't really clear. I. I, I I want to think it was just he was going to formally name Thor as his successor, as he was he was making the choice. 
That's what I th- I think Thor thought that he was going to be named king because Odin was going to go into the Odin sleep. Yeah, but even yeah. then, we all know. See, even I, think, I think everybody thought that, though. And then Odin at the last minute is like, you're not king, not yet, and just kind of changed his mind. Right? All right, uh, Russ, you want to have the conversation now? Sure. Right, you want to start? Um, so we see the Warriors 3, and we, we mentioned this when we did the... You got the Robin end, Hood, Xena, and Jackie Chan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We mentioned this when we did the movie review. I, I was not very impressed with Volstagg. Um, and it's no disrespect to Ray Stevenson. I just don't think he had the um, the presence. The the he's supposed to be Volstagg, the voluminous, and I just didn't get the voluminous part. You're you're right, and, and I can give you that. But uh, I maintain that he had the characterization of uh, of Volstagg down. Um, you know, like you know later on, you know, you don't mistake my appetite for apathy, and he makes a crack about you know uh, his 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 girth later on and you know he does not have the physical presence but but qu- quite frankly it, it, he, to, to find somebody who's going to really look the role of Volstagg I, he wouldn't have be able he wouldn't I don't think he'd have the presence of the strength of, of the uh, of the power that Volstagg also carries as well I, I don't think it would be as believable I really I, I just don't I just don't I, I think it's a hard balance because if you find somebody that's that huge or you put him in a fat suit um, then it just looks kind of silly. Exactly. So yes, that's exactly what I mean. And I, so I'm, I'm, I'm basically. My criticisms are probably better this way than the other way. I think, I think if they would have done exactly what I just said, I probably would have been sitting here saying, you know, he just didn't pull it off and didn't look believable. You know, and, and I gotta say, I'm, I'm reminded of the conversation that people had when um, Elbow was cast as Heimdall, and we're about to see him very shortly. He is fantastic as Heimdall. Awesome. And he played it, I think, perfectly, if not you know, at least as well as anybody anybody possibly could. You know, or go um, back to Daredevil. Should... The best part of Daredevil was Kingpin, I think, and, and it's like there's no one there was nobody better to play Kingpin. Three quick things. First of all, Jack Black as Volstag would solve your problem. Second of all, I wanted to say that uh, I really like the way they made the Rainbow Bridge. Mm-hmm. And yes. third of all, the, I like the way Thor's armor is modeled from the Olivier Coipel, uh yeah. design from the JMS run. I really like that uh, style. Cool. Yeah. But no, I think Elba has the perfect presence yeah. for this role. And just the thing they did with his voice was just incredible. Um, and just his physicality. I, I just thought the perfect, perfect, you know, casting. Yeah. All the way around. He's got to be intimidating. You know, I mean, he's the gatekeeper. He's the guardian of Asgard for Pete's sake. You have to have that kind of intimidating presence. He definitely brings that. Yeah, I, I know there were some folks that weren't real happy with the Rainbow Bridge, um, and that it wasn't like a real rainbow. But I think that would have come off as really, really silly. In I that, like the fact that it's this prismatic thing, and it's reactive when you walk on it. It yep. kind of responds to where you you know you touch it. In that um, one special feature that I did. Uh, watch. They actually spent some time talking about how they came across building, you know, designing the Rainbow Bridge and how they got to where they were. And uh, it, it was they they went that route. They just they thought about you know the straight rainbow or or uh, they decided on it being like a crystal, like a quartz, and having if light passes through it and reflects, it would come out like a prism, like you know, like like light going through quartz and have that kind of effect. And having those those touch points when you walk on it. That that's, that was all deliberate choices to come across, and the fact that it has all the colors of the rainbow, you know, I think satisfies that need for the quote unquote rainbow bridge. 
I do too. I think it looks great. I think it's a great effect. Again, I know I said this earlier, but I love the art direction of this movie. I really think they nailed Asgard. Um, the you know the arm, everyone's armor, like the way the the Rainbow Bridge, like you were saying, Ken looks. I mean everything. I really I really like the way this movie looked a lot. Yeah, you would dig that. That's one special feature because that's that's exactly what it's about. It's about the art direction. It's about the costume choice. It's about you know, like right here, having the space travel, how they were going to depict it, because it's it's a major part of the story. So how are they going to do it in a in a spe- believable and spectacular way that fit into this universe they were creating? Again, it gets back to more of the science aspect. You know, it's it's a it's a device that spins and generates energy and mm-hmm. and you know projects, and then you're you're teleported that way. So it's. It's it, again. It kind of fits in this more physical realm and less reliant on just like a a mirror that they walk through or just right. some kind of beam that projects them. And they walk literally walk across the bridge. I mean, that that wouldn't work to have a literal rainbow bridge extend out into the infinity that they have to walk across. Just simply wouldn't work in a believable world where you have literally the cosmos with Asgard on top and all the other worlds below it. And I love how we get the cues or the clues here with Loki that he's everybody else is either freezing or bundled up, and they're you know you can see it on their breath. And then Loki's walking around and he's perfectly yeah. comfortable. Mordor. <laughs> now, what did you? Th- I was gonna say I'm now, now Jotunheim is is in ruins here because of course the casket has been with on Asgard for you know however long. Is that, is that my understanding? And I think the Asgardians destroyed a lot of it during the war when they came and took the casket. Right, right? and without the casket, they couldn't rebuild or couldn't, you know, do what they need to do, whatever they need to do to, 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 to get better, as it were. Yeah, I thought this was a little dark, and not in tone, but, but you know, lack of lighting kind of thing. And I guess it makes sense if, if they don't have the cask, and I guess that's what they're trying to portray. But um, And maybe it's a good contrast, I guess, to Asgard. Uh, Jotunheim is, but it just—I I don't know—just something about it. Just, I, I guess that's a, a slight criticism. But I guess when you're trying to contrast good versus evil, I guess that's a good way to do it. I dig the Frost Giants, though. I thought they did a, did a pretty good job. Calabos. Nah. <laughs> Again, the brash, the brash Thor. I thought it's cool here too because you don't get a real sense here of how big they really are. I mean, he's he's sitting up high, and right. then and then Thor is down low. But then, when the actual battle starts, you get a real sense for you know how how big they they really are. Tell you, that was something I was I was actively watching for when I saw this in the theater. Because um, I, was, I was trying to get that sense of scale, and it wasn't until this battle really begins that you, that you finally get that. In some of the uh, making of scenes, uh, they actually were fighting against, you know, other than maybe they had one of the actor elevated, then they missed in post, you know, really emphasized the uh, the size. But the actual battle, it's nothing special they're using costumed or makeup and makeup people who aren't didn't appear to be augmented in any way so they must be doing a lot of work in post to really bring back that bring forth that uh that difference which is makes sense in this day and age 
I love that. It's almost gone. And they all know it, too. Yep, and then, like, this hammer drops, and here we go. Yep. I had to say it. Stop. Hammer time. <laughs> it's a nice callback when he has the fight with uh, the one shield guard, and, you know, it's like, you're big. Fought bigger. It's like, yeah, I guess you did. I like how they project the ice even, you know, when they hit the ground and, you know, use it as weapons on their hands. And they're just very, you know, just very physical, just brute, brute strength, the, the Frost Giants are. You know, I got to say, one, I don't listen to a lot of commentaries anymore as much as I want to, and here I am making a commentary. But I think I'm going to not only go back and listen to this commentary, which is with Kenneth Branagh, but I think I'm going to grab the other movies and listen to their commentaries as well. Yeah, I definitely want to listen to the Brana commentary. I know Brana's not doing Thor 2, but do you recall if there's a name of who is? I don't think it's been finalized yet. I think there's somebody that's in negotiations, but I don't think they've they've uh, firmed it up yet. While we're finishing this fight, this fight here, I have a. I was thinking about the Avengers coming up, and then post Avengers, I'm. Not knowing the exact plot of the Avengers, I really kind of have it in my head that, okay, we've got five movies out there now that are all building up to the Avengers. And that almost seems like a good, oh, and there's our Loki first now discovering his origin, or at least getting a hint of it. Uh, but the Avengers itself being the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the end of one thing and the beginning of the next. So, like, now, like once the Avengers ends, this buildup is, is over. Ooh. So what's next? I, I I can see Iron Man three, you know, finally bring us the Mandarin and, and and hinting at the Avengers Shield, but it can kind of go in its own direction. And then Thor two, I expect I expect Thor two to be more in Asgard. To be, I I would love Beta Ray Bill if they go all in with him. That would be awesome. Oh, here comes this this big thing. Do we know what this is? Is this a, is this a creature of design just for this movie, or is it something that may have been in the comics? It's a Rancor. Thank you. Nah. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be I'll be seeing that this weekend when I get my Star Wars Blu-ray set. <laughs> yes. This is where I was really this Thor with when he's winging the hammer like this and it's going in a circular pattern. Yep. I really thought that was going to be cheesy and I didn't know how they'd be able to pull it off. But it just it looked like the Simonson. It literally looked. Oh right, yeah, when, yeah. And then of course the dig in the gravel. I just thought that was awesome. But when he slings up in the air and he's twirling that hammer. I just kept thinking Simonson. Yep. It just it was just awesome. There's that cool uh, like hum too. Yeah. Yeah, you get yeah, that you sense hear of as it twirls it, that kind of uh, the metallic hum. And then literally, literally pulls the lightning down. Like throws it up, grabs him, literally pulls the lightning down. That's awesome. Such a great real, moment. Realize you got a Level little five there. Yeah, this attack. this scene here as they're running and they're running towards the camera. This was probably one of the few real hey, we're in 3D kind of scenes that this movie had. There wasn't a lot of them. Um, but it also, I think this is one of the areas where the 3D made it suffer a little bit because of that. There wasn't a lot because I did see this in 3D. And as an aside, I did buy the 3D version of the Blu-ray. I figure I don't have a 3D TV today, but eh, just in case, it was it's like a seven dollar difference. Who cares?
They have a cave troll. Yeah. I'm Cthulhu's little brother. <laughs> How many references can we pull out about this thing? Oh, oh wait, I got one. Release the Kraken. <laughs> Brad and I were talking about this. Was, I think he was either on our Thor, he was on our Thor show, or we talked to him later. That this was the only part of this whole movie that was exceptionally gory, and even that wasn't. Like Thor should be covered in monster goo right now. And yeah. He's not. Yeah, very mild. Yeah, I think this this. This is a very mild PG-13. This one, and, and even Cap, very mild PG-13. Yeah. Um, you know, if I had a seven or eight-year-old, I wouldn't have any problem, you oh, know, as believe, long as they could handle it. Believe my four-year-old loves this movie. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I, and I applaud Marvel for that, and because I really think they could have gone the other route. I mean, what? I love The Dark Knight. And what I an entrance. The, what an entrance. Yes. On a horse, no less. Yeah, he's not real happy. Not as happy as you think. Yeah. You could tell that he's weak. Oh, yeah, it's all his strength to, to do this. Yeah, yeah. But him taking out that creature again, it just really shows how powerful Thor is as you know, as a right. as a as a hero, as you know, a god. Um, and I, I think it's it's easy, and it makes it even that much more powerful when you know when he's banished and he's brought back to Earth. You know that how far he's fallen. Yeah, I remember back in the early production of rumors or talk about how. Uh... Hopkins uh, didn't get along with Hemsworth, thought he was just a, not untalented, but just, you know, not strong as an actor, or wasn't really doing his job, but I, I, I really enjoyed everybody's performance here. Yeah, I, and, and depending on who you hear, some of them said, oh, it was just, you know, BS, and some say it wasn't, you know, who who, who knows what, yeah. what really went down. I heard early on, and I saw again in some of these special features, um, you know, Hopkins, they walked into the hall the first time, and these sets looked around and said, well, there's not much acting to do here. All I got to do is kind of put the armor on, armor, armor on and show up. And he said that again in some of the uh, interviews he did because it's appeared on, on the set. I like this exchange. You know, where, where Odin lets him have it, and then Thor just gives it right back to him. Yeah. This is where he's had enough. Yeah. <laughs> you could tell that look on Thor on his face is oh no. He's like, where, he's like where are you where are you going? <laughs> this is not gonna be a good thing. You're just all around unworthy. <laughs> now, is, oh. We've seen a little bit of of the 
Avengers and Hawkeye. It, it seems to me, and maybe I'm just reading into it. I love I love the way I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but I love the way they show him losing his power, like the armor yes. literally falling off of him. Yes, and breaking apart as he's cast out into Midgard. And then, of course, we get the the famous saying. That it just felt like, and I still feel this way. When I first heard him watch that moment, it almost feels like he invoked the the saying a little too, just a touch too fast for my taste. Yes. Yeah, I agree. and whatever. I mean, I can argue with it. It's like, yeah, it is what it, it is. I guess it's be such an iconic moment, like it's such a big, you know, deal. You know, when when either the words were first imposed on the hammer or when it when it's said, it just. For, for it to come off fast just seemed a little off. It seemed like a big deal. Now, they, granted, they add a little bit of a beat in between some of the lines when it's repeated later on. This yeah. is, uh... They did the same thing with Iron Man, too, where they, you know, show the the, the present moment, and then you did the flashback, and then we caught up to it, and then we moved on. Um, and that works here as well, like I said, so... Yeah. Just as an aside with Natalie Portman, I think she just gets more attractive with every movie I see her in. Yeah, I could... Definitely uh, definitely more so in this one than in uh, Star Wars. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. it's just the way... If it's makeup or her, just like, if just her, her features just seem, just seem more attractive. I don't know if you saw Black Swan, but... I did. I think she lost, like... 15 pounds or well, something. Yeah, if she had to for that. And that might be part of it, too. I mean, I think, you know, well, she's definitely put some more being her back and her Just her face just looks different. Yeah. I was going to say how uh, I, I like Kat Dennings. I've seen her in one movie with Michael Sarah, and before this, and that was it. But I think she's really um, good in this. She's, yeah, she is. And she was, a, I, I think she was, a, 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 while she was a good character, and there's the hammer, she she kind of served her purpose, and then the big fight happened, and then she was gone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we saw her a little bit in the scene, but I mean, yeah. Well, it's fine with me. I mean, yeah, there's no need to, like, waste a lot of time in extemporaneous story. No, you don't. And and, and we we got the point. She did what she needed to do. She said her meow, meow, meow line, so. Yeah. Yes, I did. She's she's actually getting a new comedy on I think it's on Fox or, or CBS. Two broke girls, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Should have been called Two Hot Chicks Without Money. So just going through the cast, I think now I've heard Natalie Portman is not in the Avengers, but I think Gwyneth Paltrow is. Just the other supporting females of the of those kind of. I heard she did like two hours of filming or something like that, or like half a day. That's all you need. So, she probably's in a scene just to kind of establish something, and then you move on. Yeah, I, I, I'm almost think that she, um, she maybe will appear on like a monitor or a video monitor or something like that, or they'll cut back to her. Yeah, or you're, <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll see. But I like that she's going to be a part of it just for continuity purposes. I think it. I think that's that's a. A smart move. So, uh, here's one of our, I think one of, this is our first cameo, I think. Yes. Mr. Joe Michael Straczynski, everybody. The, uh... Finish the 12, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's such a good comic. I just wish you would finish it. Oh, God. In, um, 
at the end of Iron Man 2, of course, we have the, the scene with Coulson. And he does, you know, we found it, which is exactly the scene that they show in here. Oh, great bit, that same special feature I saw about this little town here. This was like a ghost town, like an old, you know, old west ghost town that they literally built a facade over, built, built the road, built the sidewalks, put parking meters on, the lights, everything. It was a ghost town. But one of the, the, the set designs that they talked about was they wanted to mimic the general features, the general shape of Asgard to this little small town. So when you think about it, you've got the Bifrost and the Rainbow Bridge leading up the center of Asgard, so to speak, to the palace with its tower and spire. Here you've got the Bifrost site leading up to town, through the center town, to this old um, uh, uh, closed-down auto dealership with its little star spire and all the build, all the rest of the town around it. And it's a very subtle um, uh, parallel, but it, it works in that sense. And I honestly, I mean, I really didn't see it, but I mean, when you, when I heard, read that or heard that, I thought, yeah, they actually, I can see where they were going with that. It was, it was a nice little, you know, mimic. Um, um, a little bit of symmetry there. How humiliating. Yeah. That was a great way to use it earlier when we missed it when it happened, but the, to use the Mighty Thor line. Mm-hmm. I love the bits of humor. You know, again, it kind of keeps in tone with what we've seen in Iron Man. Yeah, and, and I, I thought it worked. It worked here. It helped the ground. It helped to, you know, be, hey, you know, these are humans dealing with an issue. We're dealing with something they're not familiar with. I like the addition of Stel- Stellan Skarsgård as well. I've, I've liked him pretty much in everything I've seen him in. Yeah. Um, I just read on io9 that he definitely is in the Avengers movie. He said he did most of his scenes with um, uh, Tom Huddleston, the guy who plays Loki, yeah. and uh, Jeremy Renner. Good. So. Nice. Next cameo. So as I was saying, um, they they this is this this is where they were filming. That, that extra scene, so when, at the end of Iron Man 2, if you're watching the commentary of it, or the making of, if you're watching the making of Iron Man 2, and you watch it all the way through the end of the credits, you would get the making of this, of the Easter egg, and, you know, the, Joe Straczynski was, Straczynski was in that as well, and I can't figure out why he was dressed like a, like a bomb, like, not a bomb, but like just a, a country bumpkin, so to speak, and, oh, there he is! And the man. Stand the man. And uh but that's why I, I had no idea he was gonna be in the scene here. And here comes Colson, you know, with the you know, Sir We Found It line. Also read on IO9 that uh Stan Lee uh wrapped up his cameo in the Avengers oh, recently. Yeah, they've they've shown some footage. I guess he's sitting next to uh an uncostumed Steve Rogers. Now let's talk about this real quick. Is Colson a scroll? What do you think? No. Have, have we confirmed it? Is, are the Skrulls in the Avengers? Because if they do, Loki, Hulk, Loki, and the Skrulls, that's a lot. Unless they're going to use it as an Easter egg at the end to set up the next, the next arc. Like I was saying, you know, where does the, when the Avengers end, where do we go? And if they're going to end it with the Skrulls to be like, like the Easter egg, and that can be sprinkled in through all the next series of movies until we get to the eventual possible Avengers 2. Donald Blake. Yeah. Awesome. Great way to include him. Yeah. I'm not sure. I 
they keep showing this these what they call in spaceships, but it looks awful as Guardian to me. So I'm not sure if it's a Skrull invasion or if it's some other alien invasion. I think the Skrulls are going to take place in some shape or form, whether they're the main villain that Loki brings to Earth or um, is responsible for. I don't. I, I I'm not sure. I gotta believe Loki's trapped on Earth at this point. I think he, I think he when he falls from Asgard, he falls to Earth, and he's basically trapped there, and he's trying to find his way off Earth to go back to whatever he was doing. Which explains well, we see we saw him in the D twenty three footage uh, that they showed at the Disney Expo in New York in a cage made for the Hulk. Right. With uh, Tony Stark and, and uh, Nick Fury questioning him, and Bruce Banner and uh, Natasha Romanoff uh, watching. On the uh, on, a, on a video monitor, so I, I'd say it's a pretty safe bet that he gets trapped on Earth and, and captured. You know that line. You know I have an army. Well, I have a Hulk. You know All right. Um, that that clip that was shown, but um, I'm. Yeah right. So what's his army? That's a good point. So if he you know if Loki is trapped you know by Tony Stark and, and Nick Fury, then you know maybe he wants to enlist the Skrulls as his uh, maybe. As allies, I think the the rumor started because someone who had worked on the scrapped uh, Avengers video game said that one of the villains in the video game were, were Skrulls, and then that went to IMDb where they listed the uh, the actress who's playing Maria Hill um, as Maria Hill slash Anel, which is a Skrull name. Oh come on! So I don't know. It is a, it's a rumor, so take it with a whole pound of salt. So when you, salt so when you say the scrapped Avengers game, does that mean there's not going to be a movie tie-in game, or is that something else? There's not going to be a direct movie tie-in Avengers game. Interesting. There we go. That is one wicked-looking toaster. This was... uh, No, it's one of those old uh, uh, Mac... Was it the G2 or the... Oh, yeah. Remember those? Yeah. The G4. The G4 or whatever. whatever. Yeah, that was about 20 years ago. Those were... Stop! It's not going to be compatible with your iPod. <laughs> this was a good reveal of of Loki here to really nail down what we saw uh, on Jotunheim mm-hmm. when he when he turns and you see he's full on frost giant here. It's Nightcrawler. And then the color slowly comes back. I think my son likes Loki a little bit better than Thor. How funny! We were what we were watching. We were watching, and we saw the we were watching the end, and he saw um, Thor breaking the bridge, and then Loki falls. Like, what happened to Loki? And I was like, "Well, watch." And we sk- uh, skipped to the end of the credits and showed him the the the, the Easter egg scene. I said, "Watch the mirror." He's like, "It's Loki." I'm like, "Yeah." When he fell, he fell fell to Earth. It's like, oh, is <laughs> Thor real? Is Loki real? I'm like, well, to some people they were. Yeah. I had that conversation at four years old. Yeah. To the Vikings he is. We got a we get falling in the trap of talking not talking, just watching the movie. Yeah. And I think again God, he was one of the best parts of this movie. There were all a lot yeah. of good parts, but he is some of the one of the best parts. Yeah, I was really, really surprised because I I hadn't heard of Tom Hiddleston, and you know I'd heard of Hemsworth, and obviously you know you've heard of Anthony Hopkins and and uh, Rene Russo and 
Ray Stevenson and Idris Elba and, you know, uh, Stellan Skarsgård, you know, on and on and on. But I think Hiddleston stole the show. I mean, for sure. Of anybody that you weren't expecting much from, yeah, um, he definitely turned in a, one hell of a performance. Especially in this scene. I mean, this really hits it hits at home. Right. There's a pretty cool deleted scene um, that takes place after this when he goes into to the to the Odin sleep, and him and Rene Russo kind of have this exchange, um, and I almost kind of wish that. Uh, they would have left it in because he kind of confronts her about the fact that he knows he's, he's part frost giant and that it was kept from him. And, and, um, you know, she tries to kind of put his mind at ease. Um, Sounds like it's uh, extended from a scene that was actually, that, that, that did make it in because there is a yeah. similar exchange between the two of them. I love that. I love this. He throws it on the ground. <laughs> I just already did. Now, do you think they did something to make his eyes even more blue, because, or put contacts in him, or something like that? It's because possible. I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it. That's some. That's a bright. That's a. That's almost like. I've never seen him brighter. I've never seen him to know. And again, the whole thing with the diner, very much out of uh, JMS's door. Except this is in New Mexico as opposed to Oklahoma. Yeah, I never really... Same difference. Yeah, same difference. You get the same point across, but... I I just thought it was funny because, you know, New Mexico is the land of enchantment. And so, you know, the whole hammer and everything else, I think it just kind of fits Yeah, it fits. Nice, nice choice having the uh, Welcome Home of the Vikings in there. Mm-hmm. Okay, furniture, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, yeah, sure. Yeah. There's a uh, a bench, like a bus stop bench, and I caught a face on it, but it was only a split second. I don't think I saw it in the movie. I saw it in, again in a special feature. I want to catch in the movie, but I really think the face was brought up. Yeah. It was like a bail bondsman's phone number or something, and... How funny. But yeah, they found this they found this ghost town and built the whole town around it to get at this point and you know, trying to basically if that town stayed stayed alive and stayed active and you know, would it maybe it's evolve on its own to this one day to, to what it looks like today. Except for the parts they blow up at the end of the movie. Well, yeah, and that's yeah, except for the parts they blow up. I have good news for everybody who lives north of Maple Street. <laughs> I have bad news for everybody who lives south of Maple Street. I love he totally just yeah conned her into taking his side. He's still polite. 
And we see in the Avengers, his hair is noticeably longer. Yeah, and uh, Scarlet's is noticeably shorter. Yes. I was disappointed by that. I really like the long hair and the curls. The short hair do. doesn't do work for me. It's kind of like when they did the Jean, the same thing that Jean Grey. And Storm. And Storm, yeah. Yeah. And there's Agent Coulson. I love Agent. I love Clark Gregg. I think he's just. I've, I have not seen him in anything beyond these movies. He's he's been on a lot of TV stuff. He did that New Adventures of Old Christine with Julie Louis Dreyfus, played her ex husband. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I think I would see a Shield movie with him in the lead. I really would. I just, I just like the way that. Uh, that he's taken on this this uh, Agent Coulson character. I think he's done an excellent yeah. job. Oh, he he did. He did. I mean, I always I still maintain he is he's there for to be the shield um shield man in charge when they don't want to pay for Sam Jackson, but yeah. uh, he st- doesn't mean he's not any good. He's he's fantastic. Oh yeah. He definitely Absolutely. carries carries a, a a different type of authority but no less effective than Jackson does. Yeah, Sam Jackson is Okay, I'm Sam Jackson. I'm playing Nick Fury. I'm gonna yell a lot and tell you how the cow ate the cabbage. And <laughs> Colson is like, I know what I'm doing. I'm not gonna get too excited about anything. Yeah, you know, you're not gonna really bother me too much. Right, here, I'm here, still gonna do what it is I want to do. Here's a couple uh, good uh, little continuity tweaks right here. They took our backups. <laughs> Yeah, um, Nick Fury's the guy in the helicarrier. Coulson is the guy down in the field. Yeah. <laughs> here, here we go. Banner. Yep, that's that's Banner. He's talking about, of course. This scene right, this one right here, contact one of my colleagues. That was in the original script supposed to be named Hank Pym. At least as I understand it. Um, but with the drop of Banner's, at least description, not his, not his name, plus the fact that he's not in the Avengers itself, I guess they decide just to uh, dial it back and just you know, say uh, scientist, scientist, generic scientist I used to know. But yeah, that, that, that was originally meant to be a Hank Pym reference. Loki on the throne. Look at that. I, you could pick up a dozen comics with that scene in it and it will look exactly the same. Now, didn't they have that throne at Comic-Con the year before this movie came out? They did, yes. Yeah. Yes, they did, and a lot of people sat in it. <laughs> yeah. The the scene I was talking about earlier, the deleted scene with uh, Loki and, and um, Frigga, at the end, the guard actually hands off the staff to Loki to basically crown him king. While oh, Loki, wow. You know, like, it, it, yeah, I mean, go back. I mean, if you're watching this and you have the, the Blu-ray, DVD, whatever, I really encourage you to go back and, and watch the deleted scenes because a lot of times in movies, I mean, even what we saw in Iron Man, Iron Man 2, a lot of them are just like, yeah, I could see where they deleted that. And the deleted scenes for this one I thought were pretty good. I could see where – I think it, it had more to do with pacing than anything else. I, I don't think it was length because uh, you know, the, the sum total of all of them don't add up to very much time, and I think they were concerned about it slowing things down a little bit. But I really would have liked to have seen a couple of them um, added back into the movie because I think they were very – actually very well done. Some good, A lot of good character moments um, 
you know, there's some stuff between Loki and Thor. There's some stuff between Thor and Frigia. There's some stuff between uh, Loki and Frigia. So, more a little more Warriors three. All in That's all, cool because I, mean, I, I kind of I thought Renee Russo was kind of lost in this role. I'm glad she had more time in the scene. Yeah, there was. Um, I'm not gonna say it was a waste of her, but I just I just don't think it, it was an effective use of her. So yeah, I guess it was a waste of her. But yeah, yeah. It's like you know, oh, there's Renee Russo. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We see her in one scene later in the movie, and then not at all. Other than that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think some total was about a good four minutes. Um, that one scene with with her and Loki was about three minutes or so. Like I said, it was just very very well done. This little moment here, where he finds the book and you know goes through the mythology, and has this little little moment of uh, his childhood. You know, because he, he he's as he said, he read these stories as a child. But as he's looking through it, it just just made me smile that he got to see some of this. And there was th- Thursday, Thursday. Um, yep. Was um, uh, it was it was a nice way of reminding everybody that you know these this mythology is is ancient itself. So. You know, if this is the same Thor of that, then Thor himself is how old? I need a horse. <laughs> Give me one of those large enough to ride. <laughs> I love it. I like these little character moments between Thor and Jane. Again, more the cocky Thor. Yeah, he's still expecting him to go to this hammer, grab it, and be Thor, and be like, oh, I'm back. Yep. Again, we, we talked about it on the Cap show, and I think that's one of the things I think that Thor could have benefited from was almost like a montage scene or something to show a little bit more passage of time. Cause it, it just seems like all these events happen over a somewhat narrow f- time frame, um, as opposed to what we saw in, in cap, which kind of gives us a sense that, okay, he's building experience. He's done this a little longer. He's been around for a little while and that he just doesn't like come on the scene and then, You'll get buried in ice five yeah, minutes later. I think this whole thing goes over through only, in a, only over a couple of days. Um, I mean, it, it's at night where he arrives. This is the di- still the day after he arrives. It's nightfall yeah. where he'll be at the base fighting. Um, I don't know, though, if it's still the same day or if it's the next day that they go collect him from from their custody. I almost want to say it's th- it's during the next day, so that means we have another night to go. Yeah, where they're up on the roof under the stars, not all the same night, because he still has to get drunk and you know uh, fought and make our ancestors proud. Yeah. Um. So then after the night under the stars, then the that would be then the third day, I guess, where they have the the big fight with the destroyer. So there's a thirty six hours. That that everything else happens in, I guess, more or less. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that scene that I was mentioning was basically the scene we just saw, except it was about a minute, minute and a half longer. 
And yeah. I, I think continuity-wise, I think they intended originally, like I said, for that to be before they showed him on the throne with the Warriors because, like I said, they handed him the staff afterwards. So um just looks like they chopped it up and, and moved it around yeah, a little bit. It makes sense. I mean, it's, it's in editing. It's what you do. Yeah. And, again, and, and like I think that scene worked very well there, I thought. be coming up in our Hawkeye cameo soon. Yeah. You know, people are like, you know, like, oh, so there's a guy with a bow. You don't know who he is. It's a tease. It's something for yep. when you watch the Avengers to go back to and say, hey, wait a minute, I know who that is, and put it all together, where then people like us are like, hey, look at Hawkeye. I had the same thing with somebody with, uh, I think, Art, talking about the uh, Easter egg at the end of the credits. We're like, okay, so there's this thing. Who cares? I'm like, it, don't worry about it. Don't worry about what it is right now, especially once you get to the Captain America. Then you know what it is. You're not supposed to know. Yeah, it, that guy walking up with the bald head. Him, yeah. He's the guy in in the consultant. Yes. He's the other guy talking to Agent Coulson in the in the diner. Just really, just kind of funny banter. It puts a new, well. We'll talk about it at the end. Yeah. See, I just showed you how much of an amateur th- uh, Thor is. He would have, he should have just folded that that fence back. Yeah, he's brash. Yeah, well, what does he care? Not... He's, he just needs to get to the hammer and get a hand on it. He doesn't care about anything else, right? Because once he gets there, he's, he's Metal, gone. Metal Gear Solid starring Thor. <laughs> well, he'd be he'd be terrible at that game. He'd be absolutely yeah. terrible. Yeah. The alarms would sound through the whole game. <laughs> Yeah, explanation points over everybody's head. all have exclamation points. <laughs> I love that. She calls Eric and it's just yeah, like... Yeah, I'm not being bad. Yeah, come find me. I don't <laughs> know where, but just somewhere. Russ, as a little aside, did you, uh, did you buy X-Men? I did. Good for you. I didn't. I'll get it eventually. I just didn't get it. Yeah. I was a little disappointed they didn't have a uh, Blu-ray DVD combo option. At least not that yeah, I saw. Yeah, the digital. Um, yeah, that's... But, yeah. They they make it easy for me when there's a uh, a DVD combo. It's like, oh, yeah, definitely. I'm in on that. Even even on, on Thor, if, if it was, like, Blu-ray and Blu-ray 3D and no DVD copy... And then separately a Blu-ray DVD combo, I would just get the one with the DVD because at least I can use that. Yeah. But the fact that I had all three, I'm like, perfect. There's Hawkeye, yeah. I wonder if all that wasn't even really Jeremy Renner. I wonder if they really just had him in that one. Well, no, we see, we do see his face. No, I know, but I'm just saying. I mean, it's just like. Oh yeah. But yeah, it's nice to see that, okay, he's already an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And we already know Natasha's already an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. And that also kind of fits with uh, Earth Mightiest Heroes because, again, they're both agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I wonder if they'll go the Natasha the Traitor route. I don't know. Or I mean, double agent, at least. Yeah, and I mean, that's also, again, reference the Ultimate Universe. I mean, that's where, you know, Hawkeye and, you know, Hawkeye specifically was a was a shield agent. Is this the guy everybody has been wondering? Is this supposed to be Luke Cage, or is that later? 
I don't know. Because there was a thing going on like, did I see Luke Cage? Was Luke Cage in Thor? Yeah, I don't... Because I wasn't sure, but I thought I heard him referencing to the Easter egg. But I didn't see anybody who would really jump out to me to think it might have been Luke Cage. But this guy definitely has a shot at being Luke Cage, obviously. Yeah. I mean, just going toe-to-toe with Thor is enough. It's funny when uh when they did the original costume fittings for Thor, you know, he was pumping up for the role and he actually had to lose I think 10 pounds of muscle because he'd gotten so big that literally when there he put he the costume on, yeah. He was cutting off the circulation to his hands and his hands were going numb because a, the the costume yeah. was too tight. That was a good line too. He's like, "I'm starting to root for this guy." Yeah. There he is, cocky Thor. It's like, "All right, it's all over now." And even Coulson, Coulson he, he's ever the observer. He, 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 there's something he doesn't know. He's like, all right, wait, I want to see how this plays out. Yeah, he wants to see what's up. And nothing happens. I remember this is one of the early trailer scenes, too, is him tugging on this, this hammer like this, and you're just like, damn, he has a... Hit the gym a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is the moment coming up here. Like, I've heard when the movie first came out, people thought, like, his change happened too quick. It's like, oh, we couldn't touch the hammer. All of a sudden, he's humble. Like, he's he's not. Like, no. right now, right now he's, 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 he's confused. He, he, he thinks did. his father's still punishing him. Like, that's where he's literally yelling to the heavens because he's quite literally yelling at his father or to his father. But and he just See my wife made fun of that scene because she said it was out of Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> and and now he just drops to his knees because he's like, okay, I have nothing he has nothing now. He absolutely has everything in the everything in his world has been now been taken away from him. It's not until he spends time with Jane. It's not until he has, you know, the drinks with, um, Selvig. Selvig, thank you. I was, I was going with Skarsgård. I was like, no, that's not his name. Uh, the character's name. It, it's not until they have that moment on the, uh, or that that evening on, on the roof where they talk about the the world as he knows it, mm-hmm. the universe as he knows it. It's not until he gets to know humanity. It, it, and it's not even until he dies, because it's even then he he has no interest to change where he's at. He's almost accepted where he is, and even though he is just a man, he's going to you know do what he can to save these people. And if that means to sacrifice himself, that's that's good enough for him. And and it's it's that he's willing to do that, and that ultimately proves he's worthy. And there's Mjolnir. And Loki. I love that the hammer itself even looks like it's somewhat based in technology. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it looks like it has Here pieces we go. Here, that. Sorry, here's together. our science and magic line coming up. Yeah.
saw that they did. And they did. I mean, magic is a science we don't understand. We've we've seen that in many different um, sort of stories, science fiction. There yeah, I think epi- Arthur C. Clarke uh, coined that. Yeah, there, there's uh, an episode yeah. of uh, of Star Trek: Next Generation that's based ar- entirely around that concept. You know where they where they worship the Picard because they saw the transport technology and they met him and they brought him and it was yeah, um, yeah it, it's 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 definitely a, a worthy concept to explore and used very well in this movie and and not only in this movie but in this in this whole in the Avengers franchise. Um, and I mentioned before it's echoed in, it's echoed in Captain America as well through uh with the red skull this is a scene that I referenced when we I think we're doing the incredible Hulk uh commentary about how you know the ultimates influences these movies so much. The scene coming up with loki uh, and and Thor in this room is pretty much right out of ultimates too after they capture Thor after you know he, uh, everyone in everyone else in ultimates think that he's just a, you know an insane guy with a hammer. Loki kind of yeah. comes in to taunt him, yeah. and he's the only one who can see him. And I love that they do it with the mirror. You know, it's a, the the door is like a mirror as it as it shuts. Right. I almost thought for a little bit that Coulson thought that he was who he really thought he was. And then it just looks like, I guess, because he, he figured, okay, if he picks up the hammer, then obviously he is who he says he is. But if he's not, he's just some nut, um, you know, that that's off his rocker. I don't know, man. He, he uh, hangs out with a guy who keeps a, a flying uh, jet suit in his backpack or in his you know, briefcase. You know, how big of a leap of faith is it from that to believing this guy? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Coulson knows there's more in this world than he, than most people are aware of. And he's fully capable of understanding and accepting what this hammer could be or what, you know, when when, when Thor is fully revealed at the end and he's, he's, he's completely unfazed by it. He's like, you know. Um, but it also, that's also the point where he now has if not all the facts, has a, a more complete understanding of, the, understanding of the situation, you know, very ready, readily able to uh, give Jane her equipment back. But also, it also it will seem to us that uh, Jane is working um, not under the guidance or control of, but with the uh, benefit of S.H.I.E.L.D. resources. Because uh, her equipment definitely seems greatly upgraded. Yeah. This scene really pins down to um, like Thor is now as low as he could possibly go. He thinks his fan, you know his father is dead. He thinks there's no way he can ever get back to Asgard. I mean he's he's lost it all. You know this is as low as he can go, and then he starts to build himself back up. You know by you know kind of aligning himself with humanity. Yeah, I will. You know if if he can't, I love this. Just Loki's just there. No one can see him, but it's like, oh, I'll try. Yeah, but well, you never know. Well, that's that's like um, in. Uh, the Fantastic Four, when leading up to Thor's return with the JMS run, and they did the the hammer in the crater, um, and they found it when they first were setting up the uh, um, whatever it is they they did. To, it wasn't a shield thing, but they, whenever they first found the hammer, Ben tried to pick it up. Ben Grimm, the thing, and it's like, 
What are you doing? It's like, what, are you kidding me? Wouldn't you try? We all know if we all pass by a hammer sticking out of the ground in the middle of nowhere, we'd all pull on that damn thing. All right, so it looks like it's the same night. This is all the same night, apparently. Yeah. So so there goes that idea that a day, another day had passed. So really, it's two days. This was a little hokey to me. Yeah, that that was not a great delivery there. She knows it's falsified. Well, obviously it is. Yeah. So the only thing I get here is that Colson knows there's more to meets the eye with this guy, and he's just going to let it play out. Exactly. I really think he knows that there's nothing directly to fear. These guys aren't malicious, but he's going to use them. If they can. If he can find out what he needs by letting them go, exactly, let it play out. That's the best way. Nice. <laughs> and that's exactly where we're going to go. Yep. And the next scene. The bar. There's a cool deleted scene that took place in the bar, too. That's pretty funny with the two of them. Yeah, I mean, what do you do? You're a god. You've been stripped of all your power. You've been stripped of your family. You've stripped of your weapons. You're out in the middle of nowhere. You have no over. reference. I drink better beer than Budweiser, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> that was a god of thunder. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Somebody needs to turn him on to the Ruby Redbird, huh, Jim? That was mighty refreshing, Ross. Thank you for the recommend. Is gone for the summer. Yeah, we just got that one case and it's gone. We sold half of it at the restaurant. Nice. Little plug for Shiner Brewery here in Shiner, Texas. <laughs> About 30 minutes away. Nice. <laughs> I, I love the scene here while they drink. Mm -hmm. They're boiler makers. They come in pints? <laughs> it comes in pints. <laughs> he glances over. He's like, oh, he's not stopping. I'm sure he's not going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the headache he gets the next morning. <laughs> the deleted scene shows, shows him he's drunk. He takes the glass, throws it on the ground, and says, another! And uh, Selvig does. So Selvig does. So oh, nice. Yes. And then they walk out, and they're drunk, walking down the street singing. So it was... Uh, That's cool. Yeah.
plot thickens. Interesting that they uh, they didn't know who their benefactor was. Yeah. Well. I promise to bring you a Home Depot so you can put lights anywhere you want to in this dark, <laughs> dark continent of yours. <laughs> and again, it shows the machinations of Loki and how he seemed so altruistic earlier and so hurt and so concerned and so loving of his brother and all them, you know, the whole time he's scheming in the in the background to to position things the no, way they are. You know, it's weird. Knowing Loki's, I didn't come on this earlier, uh, knowing Loki's heritage, I kind of expected that he was the one who let the Frost Giants in at the very beginning, but it was I was a little surprised the first time I watched it that he didn't know he was, didn't know what he was until he found out. So it's like it was just coincidence or fate or, you know, whatever you want to call it, that he chose the Frost Giants other than being an obvious, an obvious enemy that would get under Thor's skin. Here's Heimdall uh, passing judgment. Mm-hmm. It's the time tunnel. Yeah. Set the time portal to 1962. He's not real happy about it, but, you know. But, yes. Either they did a really fine job of timing their shots so he never had a blink, or they just posted it to make sure that any blinks were gone. Because he never blinks. Nope. That's Heimdall's gig. Oh, yeah. He sees all. Hey, there's more product placement. Kashi Golin. <laughs> hey, at least it's subtle and not... Uh... You know, Thor ordering ordering it at breakfast. I like this. This is high, high in fiber. I want this. Yeah. I love that line. I love that. Made her dance. His ancestors are proud. So, yeah, so you got the night he arrives, the full day, and now we're still on that next night. Yeah, it's... Mm-hmm. I will say it does go. Some time does pass. You're not a lot of time passes, but it, it serves its purpose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, minor nitpick. Any, any, any longer, any of them would just, it would just delay it. It would just, it would just, people would be complaining the movie was dragging at that point. I think it was yeah. well paced. Or if they threw a montage in there, people would be like, "Oh, they're just doing what they did in Captain America." Yeah. Well, Captain America did was in Thor. <laughs> yeah, vice versa. Gonna have a montage. Montage. Nervous girl has a boy over. <laughs> House is a mess. Yeah, don't get used to it, Thor. It'll be interesting to see if they do a, or when they do, I should say, a Thor two. If if they bring Natalie Portman back at all, um, 
or if they just go a totally different direction if they if they decide to go the complete Asgard direction with it you know maybe they feel that the Avengers are grounded enough that you know because it's almost like the Avengers is almost like a second and third you know movie you know for all of these characters if if they just did let's say this whole Avengers project was wasn't there and they decide they want to do a Thor movie first off I don't think it'd be successful by itself um, I think this is very successful because of what it is and what's part of okay but now it's been established and now Avengers will be out next year so I think it's safe for Thor to to do something more. Um, if if it was Thor by itself and they did it all based in Asgard or mostly in Asgard and did more cosmic, um, I really don't think it would have the success that it had. Um, the the really big Thor fans, yeah, would have a field day, but it would not achieve the commercial success that it would really need to make a, a viable franchise. Uh, I think I think everything. See, I don't I don't know if I buy that. Ken, I mean, I, we just hired a guy in my restaurant who is a professed comic book fan. He, he draws comics and uh, he reads X-Men or whatever. I had to explain to him that all these Marvel movies were intertwined leading up to the Avengers. He didn't even know about it. I don't know if that's really like getting across. I mean, you and me and Russ and those of us in the know are really hyped about Avengers, but I'm just hoping it makes enough money and gets enough momentum that you know the people who don't know about Avengers are going to dig it too. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even my wife who doesn't really pay much attention to it not certainly not to the degree that i do and could care less for the most part i mean even she sees that they're tied together i mean she sees that you know sam jackson showed up in you know a couple of them and you know that that you know that they keep talking about you know stark and one and you know they talk about uh, different things in the other so i mean she's kind of gotten well even know, just that, having like that having Col- colson in there making him such a bigger much bigger part of iron man 2 yeah. You know, he was there in Iron Man 1, bigger in Iron Man 2, and now he's huge in this movie, um, having a lot more Nick Fury. Iron Man 2, as a standalone movie, is probably going to be my number five. But its strength, and I said this then, when it was just the three movies out, Iron Man 2's strength is, it's the bridge piece. It's connecting all the dots Yeah. in that one movie. It's bringing all those pieces together. Not so much with the Hulk in that one. But even that is there a little bit. Um, but it is the one that kind of gels the whole universe together. Both in flat-out dialogue, but also in the Easter eggs like we discussed in our Hulk commentary. We finally get some solid Warriors 3 and Sif content. Yep. Who I think Jamie Alexander did an awesome job as Sif. Looks pretty good. Yeah, she's a very attractive young lady. See, it would be nice in Thor, too, if we did have Natalie Portman in there. That way we could uh, have the Thor-Jane-Sif uh, love triangle. Yeah. What if Thor 2 takes place before the Avengers? What if at the end of Thor 2 is when he goes back to Earth to be in the Avengers? Yeah, so we get him in the Avengers. We skip the whole thing about how he got back, just that he is back. And then Thor 2, we do the flashback of how he got back. That's, that's good. I like that. I can work with that. So that gives him a little more impetus to keep it all in Asgard. Yeah. You know, give him a goal. Yeah, and then, but we still would have to have a little bit of Jane, you know, what, she, what is she doing? Or maybe he gets back on his own, I don't know. Yeah. I, I love that with Han that we just, we just missed there. He's like, would you dare defy your king? Um, yes, but okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I can't open the bridge for you. But if you do it and I turn my back, so be it.
Okay, right there. Clearly they can measure it. <laughs> this is, I mean, I know they haven't been to Earth in some time. Uh, and and all of everything that James probably has been seeing has been the Bifrost opening in other locations of the Cosmos, not necessarily directly on Earth. Um, but still, <laughs> you think they? Well, I guess they did detect it when Thor came to Earth, which is why they got there. Yeah. A domesticated Thor. Yeah, this didn't bug me so much as, as did no. some people. It's it's just you know he. He's not all the way there yet. He's just, he's trying to rebuild. He's trying to find his new place. And if that's, well, let me try this today. He's, he's learning humility. He's learning the joy in serving others and helping others rather than himself. Awesome. Yeah. That's why they call him the Destroyer. Here they come. It's a great moment. Just like... Walking down the street to get the funniest looks from everyone they meet. Hey, hey, we're the Warriors 3. <laughs> Warriors. <laughs> Warriors. <laughs> Renaissance Fairs in town. Yeah, <laughs> drinking their coffee, cook their iced coffee and their yeah. breakfast bagels. and Got Zena, Jackie Chan, and Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love this part where they're Found just you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like what the Here we are. We are the gods of Asgard and we are it's our delight to make your acquaintance. Uh okay. Do you have any lunch? <laughs> This is where it all comes. Yeah, the shoe drops. And again, the whole exile thing. If you remember from the, you know, what the, the god of mischief lied to me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole thing with spoiler for the end of J- the JMS run of Thor, but when. He's tricked into killing Vor, yeah. um, Odin's father. He's banished from from Asgard. From Asgard. So, so ten, again, it, ten it, feet away. <laughs> yeah. So again, it kind of fits here too. I love this. Did I mean you need longer obey you? This is like the scene at the end of RoboCop. You're fired. It's like, <laughs> Oh, poor Heimdall. I love how he he changes what, as he uses the casket there. Mm-hmm. He puts that in the same pocket dimension that the uh, lanterns keep their lanterns. Green lanterns keep their uh, the power battery. Mm-hmm. I, I love this scene. I love this scene from the trailers. I love this scene. Everything about this scene. It's it's just perfect, Coulson. <laughs> yep. And again, straight down the middle of town to the Bifrost site. Mm-hmm. Not the coffee, no! <laughs> Look in the rearview mirror as a dinosaur coming down. 
If you're in New Mexico and you see a mushroom cloud, don't hang out to see what it is. Yeah, it's never anything good. I don't know. That guy never tells me anything. Greatest, <laughs> great, probably greatest, greatest line ever, in the yeah. movie. This is great. Yeah, Registered. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk him down. <laughs> Here we go. Just the sound of that. Again, it just—I just thought it was incredible. It, it reminded me, like I said, or it reminded me a lot of the the negative sound that we got in Episode Two in Star Wars of. Uh, the the Django's mines, you know, where it kind of had that just that loud horn blast after right. we hit the silence. I can rewatch the not so much this exact part, but a couple minutes in in from here, where he you know where he, he confronts it and gets his, gets the hammer back and defeats it and has an exchange of Coulson. That whole you know five minutes, I can watch that over and over and over again. Would you like some cool, refreshing Dr Pepper? While you watch your USA Today. <laughs> yeah, I love this. Yeah, I, I can't believe there. how well they nailed. They totally nailed the look of the destroyer, the sound, yep. the it's, energy blast. It's just perfect. I mean, they could have done anything to to change it, but they really fastball special. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work out. You so have well. to toss me. I love this Sif. Sif is such a badass here. Uh-huh. I love that he glows, like, this, at the seam. This moment, though, like, when he reconfigures it, it, itself, mm-hmm. that's just so creepy. Almost gave me chills. I was and and like, the sound, is... the sound design on this is, is dead on. It's like, oh, it's all this metal just moving, gears. I was like, that is awesome. And then it just lifts itself off. It's awesome. That's, that's so good. And you're right, the glowing at the seams, like just so it's it's a hollow suit filled with fire, moral you know, it's Yep. Again, it, it kind of plays into that whole magic and technology. Yeah. It's a suit of metal. Well even very even some of the buildings know. in Asgard, like the one that's just gonna float and rotate and it's like you know, they have the they they wanna ha- show these buildings that are technology so far advanced from what we know that our brain can't even get our head around it. And then they, they come through with the destroyer very nicely as well. Yeah. There's another cool deleted scene here with Thor and Selvig when he gets injured. Um, actually, there, that 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 was kind of a neat moment. Again, very different Thor. I mean, the old Thor would have been all for it, you know, die an honorable death. Yes, you know, go. Blah blah blah. And now he's kind of got some humility. He's like, you know, it'd probably be a good idea to keep living. I think I would like that. Yeah, he has a plan. He his his plan is to die. He knows. Sounds that... like a really crappy plan, Thor. You're just gonna run and die. Yep. Right. No, he knows he can save Earth. Well, he's it's it is very short term thinking. He can save Earth by appeasing his brother's need to have him destroyed. But he will one day turn his sights on Earth again. Hey, Steampunk Terminator, over here. 
like this he's he's very softly speaking to his brother There's the moment. This humility has yep. come back to me. That's, that's exactly it. Boop. What a pimp slap. <laughs> <laughs> I will catch you. <laughs> What the five fingers say to the face? <laughs> Slap. I got better. <laughs> it's like that part in E.T. when E.T. dies and then E.T. comes back to life. Yeah. Spoiler alert. And now we go. <laughs> <laughs> I think 30 years is enough time to call off the spoiler alert. Probably so. Here, uh, another minute, a moment or so. Spoiler alert, Vader is Luke's father. What? <laughs> Apparently 25 years wasn't enough to spoil <laughs> Watchmen. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, episode one, Legion of Dudes. No man. Thor can still see and hear what goes on around. I still think it would have been cooler for him to pick it up, but I get. No, I get this. I get this. Yeah, Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah, you're right. It would be cooler, but that would still be him taking the hammer. The hammer has to come to him. Yeah. I mean, given where they went with the story, it just would have. Yeah. Yeah. No, the hammer comes back to him. I know. Sonic. Nice sonic boom effect there. That was pretty. That sweet. was sweet. You're right. And the hand just goes up. It's gonna get in a second. Wait for it. Wait for it. Boom. Lightning. Awesome. <laughs> Everybody's like, "Oh like, crap!" Yep. All right. So the, earlier the shoe dropped, and now it just hit the the, the shit. Just hit the fan. Now he believes. Here comes, do. here comes Jane. Yeah. Okay, that was an obvious line, but I, I still think it was actually a pretty good choice. Yeah. He even looks... Now different. we will see who will be dealing out the pimp slaps. Yep. <laughs> I love how he just bats away the, the blast.
That's a mighty wind. It's like, no. Wasn't somebody in the destroyer armor in uh, early in the JMS run? Mm. I think somebody I was somebody was wearing it or otherwise tra was trapped in it. I thought. I don't know. I mean, throughout the comics, you know, various. I mean, I think Odin's been in the destroyer army. Or Thor's been in the destroyer armor. No, I remember in the, early in the JMS run. I think when they, as he was still finding. I almost want to say it was Baldur, maybe, who might have been trapped in it. Somebody, somebody was trapped in the armor. Oh, here you go. Buddy. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. I, it's been a while since I've read it. Son of Cole. Son of Cole, I yes. That. I didn't. I didn't catch that the first time I saw that, so that was awesome. Yeah. Borrowed. Basically, you're working for S.H.I.E.L.D. now. Yeah. We're the good guys, really. <laughs> Poor Heimdall. That was pretty cool. They just showed start to crack just a little bit. Yep. Yeah, because he can still see. He's still aware. I mean, he sees. He sees all. Scotty, five to beam up. Yeah, computer. Hello, computer. Here it comes. I'm trying. Jeez, I'm totally frozen and stuff. I'd like to hit it with my hammer, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I think she agrees to his arrangement. And it's yeah, I so jealous so. right now. <laughs> yep. Regret nothing. <laughs> Very Supermanish.
I am trying to sleep. Do you mind? Not today. Kind of sucks that Luffy doesn't have a more, you know, foreboding name than Luffy. Yeah. I swear I'm telling the truth this time. Talented liar. <laughs> That's a fall. See what I don't I don't get about Loki right now. I mean he he's gonna do basically do the same thing that Thor wanted to do and Odin didn't like that, and he still wants just wants the approval of his father, but he already knows that dad doesn't want to do this. <laughs> But this is the payoff from what we heard earlier we, when he talked about why don't you just leave the Bifrost open. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I think I'll do exactly that then. Consolidating his power. Yeah. Run away! Run away! So, I mean, clearly they can perceive what's going on in the heavens. They just can't really comprehend it. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, that's what they're seeing. All the storms has, is basically the, the Bifrost. It's funny, he's basically yeah. making his father's argument. Thor is. Well, yeah. Shows how he's changed, how he's learned. Mm-hmm. So is it more the White Oak of Gondor, or the uh, <laughs> tree from Final Fantasy VII in the ancient temple? Yeah. Or... <laughs> uh, it's the tree, tree, of, the, tree of, the, of the universe, or tree of life, is that what it is? Yeah. Big drizzle, yeah. The world tree. The world tree, thank you. That's a world tree. But actually, yeah, I mean, he just froze it, right? He froze it solid, and that's just the power coursing through the ice, I think, right? Yeah. Like, It looks like we were talking a little bit about Thor, too, and it looks like Brian Kirk is kind of rumored to be directing Thor, too, and he's done a lot of TV stuff. He's done, like, three episodes of Game of Thrones, um, a little bit of Dexter, The Tudors. A lot of mostly TV stuff, okay. but but kind of genre related. Right. So, like I said, it's not confirmed. Well, it's done the medieval style stuff, so that might help him with this. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, at this point, just rumored, but uh, but he's he's the name I've heard thrown out there. 
the most. Who did you want to see be the villain? I mean, Loki again? Or would you rather he went up against, say, Thanos? Or the Enchantress? Or... I, I would... The Enchantress would, like, would be good to include, but I can't see her being the, uh, like the primary bad. Or Hela. You know, maybe Hela and, and Loki teaming up, or... Or the Enchantress and Loki. Yeah, I th- I'd, I'd like to see. I think the I think the part two of Loki is really going to be the Avengers. So I don't know if you know I can see Loki being in the uh, the Thor two uh, as the Thor two uh, villain. Yeah, I mean that, that's like that's almost like doing Lex Luthor three times. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah, maybe the Enchantress one. and the Executioner. I know they've worked as That's a duo good. before. That's good. There you go. That that could work. And that that gives them some juice because of the cartoon, you know. So yeah, I love. It. I really would love to see. Uh, like I say, go go all in. I love. What a great use of the hammer! How awesome, awesome. was that? Yes. That was that was just perfect. It's a great touch. See now there as the, as the Bifrost is really building, you really see the the full effect of the Rainbow Bridge. Um, all the colors, you know, pulsating through it more, even more like a rainbow mm-hmm. than when it's just kind of static and at rest. What? A, what? A, I mean, this this is this choice that he makes here to to destroy the bridge mm-hmm. really no, illustrates the change. You know, he's not selfish. He's, you know, he's very selfless. And again, he thought his strength can rule the day. I mean, he puts the hammer on Loki. He knows Loki won't be able to get up, and he figures he'll just tackle whatever this problem is head on. Yeah. And then realizes that, you know, it can't be done that way. I liked how earlier, and we, I don't think we talked about it, when during the ceremony when Thor was going to be named king or whatever we thought it was. Um Odin's describing the hammer is like it's a suitable as a as a tool to build or a weapon to destroy. It's a suitable companion for a king. You know, we hear it was using using it to destroy, but also to save right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just the weapon. How about that? Pretty cool. My, my son, as I said, he loved. It. He really thought like like Thoki, like, like Thoki, like Loki. He he was concerned at this point. Like what what happened to Loki? It's like don't worry, I'll show you. I love that we see the the main portion of the Bifrost, the the actual portal, just falling off yeah. into the background. And again, this sky pattern is pretty much what we saw in Cap when the Cosmic Cube was. Yeah. Was did whatever it did, yeah. Yeah. And he just falls. Mm-hmm. And as it dissipates, and the sky's calm here, the skies will calm in, on Earth. Cat Dennings. 
Yeah. Back again. I mean, she didn't didn't really go away any more than than Selvig did. No. Yeah. You know, it's just. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the climax is here. It's the third act. Let's move on. Yep. But now it's just kind of everything starts to wrap up and. Life goes on. Another cameo coming up here in uh, Asgard as we uh, scroll back up and make our way into the hall. Yes. We're actually going to look for the Simonsons this time. I've picked out Walt, but I still have not been able to find Louise. Supposedly Louise is blocked. Yeah, I mean, I, I expect at least see the back of her head or something, but I can't even f determine... He's sitting over there by Seth. Yeah, yeah, he's got his head poking in. Yep, that's right, it, right there. Seth. Yay for him. There he is. Yeah, that's him. Right there. See, I thought here maybe the back of her head or something we saw, but yeah, I guess she never really made it on camera. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Very much. Talk about nice nice folks. Just, just great people. They, they were really pleasant. It was uh, really enjoyed meeting them in Reading yeah. a couple of years ago. For those who don't know, they were at the uh, Comic Geek Speak Super Show in 2010, I think it was, Russ? Yeah, 2010. Yeah, and we uh, uh, we recorded it, video and audio, um, for Brian for CGS. And, and uh, the video's actually up on our website. You can find it in the uh, convention coverage section at hhwlod.com and plug. And here's the... Our father-son moment wrapping us up. Yeah. It just did seem, and, you know, to be honest with you, I couldn't think of a better way to end it, you know, given how the story played out, but it just seemed kind of abrupt and just kind of ended. Yeah, you know? well, maybe. It was a, it was a wrap-up. I mean, this, this finished the other theme that we had of... Uh, Uh, of of you know having his wanting wanting his father's uh, uh, not not judgment and permission but his uh, his respect. Yeah. I like this. You know, you've already made me proud. Yeah. The broken bridge. And I love Heimdall still at his post. I mean, really, where else would he be? I love how the water just yeah. kind of goes. And yeah, Loki remade reference beginning early in the movie. You know, there's. The Bifrost is not the only way into Asgard, so clearly there's another way in. We saw in Cap, there's a way in As into Asgard. Definitely seems to have a little bit more equipment. Well, not really, I guess, but... Still searching for him. Yep. Boom, there's our credits. She, um... 
I love that they give Straczynski a story credit too. I thought that was cool. Yeah. All the heavy hitters get a thank you in the credits, of course. Yeah. I mean, there no question could have been... This could have been done many different ways. There's such a vast history of Thor out there. So, so much material to work with. But for this project, for this... Um, the Avengers, the uh, tying in with this universe that they've established, uh, I I I can't imagine seeing a better movie to meet that yeah. need. Yeah, no, I I can't. I mean, you know, like we talked about in our movie movie review after the fact, and as we talked in the in the commentary, I mean, little nitpicky stuff, but overall, I just I think it was. Oh yeah. I, I think it was a well done story. I think it was it was well acted. I think, um, you know, the the the, the production values were good. You know everything. I think all around they just they 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 did a, a good job. It's it's a tough it's a tough one to do. I mean, you know, you're talking about a character that's more magical and more mystical, I guess, than you know than than the grounded in reality stuff mm -hmm. that we see. You know, we kind of set the stage with Iron Man. So yeah. I remember some of the uh, early uh, early uh, geek reaction. That they were, you know, upset the fan outrage. You know, oh, they're they're not making them gods; they're making them aliens with this advanced technology. I'm like, well, that's basically what they were. <laughs> you know, I mean, this this is not at all against anything I've read before. I mean, they're, no. you know, they're part of the universe, perceived as gods here. You know, magic and science. It, it, it definitely complements anything I've ever read of Thor. Yeah. Maybe maybe more of the more modern stuff certainly, but but as as Jim was saying about the the art design, um, very, and we said this in our movie review a month ago, very Kirby in Asgard, very Straczynski on Earth. Right, exactly, exactly. You know, adding some ultimates, and you're you've got you've got this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, you have a th character Thor, god of Asgard, uh, who. F fits very well on Earth and with the other heroes of the Avengers. We get a very interesting um, little snippet on the, on the again, the Blu-ray. I think it's just on the Blu-ray. I think if you buy the DVD-only copy, you don't get the... Uh, oh, really? The short. Interesting. The, the, the consultant. Right. I don't think you get that. No, um, we saw like a minute or 45 seconds of that back when Thor came out, didn't we? Yeah, they they did have a sneak out there. I think about the time Cap came on, um, but it puts an interesting spin on uh, the events that happened in the Incredible Hulk. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't want to, I guess, totally spoil it. Well, which I've always kind of ran with what was in the Incredible Hulk novelization was Tony was there delivering a containment unit for the Abomination. So this yes. kind of this... counters that a little bit. Yes, that fits dovetails in very nicely um no actually no just tell it i think it's just the opposite i think it, it it counters that i mean it doesn't mean iron man wasn't there doing that it doesn't mean Ursula tony didn't do that it just means that that scene in the bar didn't happen exactly when that when that delivery would have happened it, it happens later apparently right but go on tell us tell us about the consultant 
but it just it's it's really a character piece. I mean, you get a lot of banner back and forth between Agent Coulson and the other the other agent that we mentioned in the movie, and it's just kind of this this it's almost very Bendis like in the dialogue. And I'm I'm curious to see. I, I read through the credits, and Bendis didn't get a writing credit, but you could almost see this playing out as a Bendis written um, type of deal. And then we cut to the actual scene with Stark and Ross, um, and that plays out. And then we cut back to Coulson and uh, and the other agent, and we see how that kind of plays out. But uh, but yeah, they they they're trying to set the stage for for what's to come. The the um, the powers that be want the abomination on the team. On the he's the, a the, he's a war hero. Yeah, the quote team and. Uh, Fury and everybody else want uh, the Hulk. Well, they, at the very least, if nothing else, they d- didn't want they didn't want uh, Abomination. Blonsky, right? Yeah, Blonsky. Yeah, they didn't want him. They they I don't think they necessarily wanted the Hulk, although they would certainly take him. But they at least acknowledged that the events in New York were because of because of Blonsky, not because of Banner, which is who they were trying to pin it on. Right. So um, yeah, so we get it's a lot of banner back and forth about how it's all gotten spun and you know how it's all been portrayed and who's responsible and everything else. Um, it, it's just fun. I mean, it's it's like a five minute. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a, it's long enough to make it reasonable. Yeah, really fun little snippet. I hope I hope they do more of these. Um, you know, we we know that one is coming in Cap. That um, I think it's titled "A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to." Thor's hammer, I think, is the oh, is what they're calling that's it. That's cool. Um, we'll see. We'll see how that how that plays out. There's one uh, special feature that I watch in here that's simply listed on the the case as "Road to the Avengers." Yeah, which uh, I was very interested in seeing, um, and a little disappointed when I finally did. It was it was only about three minutes long, and it was just a teaser piece. Um, it was not much more than what a fan trailer would be, which is when you take uh, Ziggo does some great ones. Uh, does some just take uh, clip you know pieces of of the five movies and kind of stitch them together as a trailer. Mix in there a little bit of Comic Con footage when uh, in Comic Con, I guess it would have been last year actually, not this year, when they had the full Avengers on stage. Yeah, and uh, Sam Jackson was out there announcing them. Actually, it was Sam Jackson and Robert Downey Jr. were taking turns announcing the different. Uh, Actors who are make up the full of the Avengers, um, throw in a little Joss Whedon, you know, uh, a soundbite here and there, and you mix it all up, and you got this three-minute, you know, tease. Um, little disappointing. I hope for something a little bit more, not full on behind the scenes. I don't want to get spoiled, but I want, I just want more. Uh, yeah. But they 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 do acknowledge that the the significance of what this project has been, and you know, when when they were first talking about this. I don't, there are people who did not re, really think it was going to f- go all the way through, you know, to get five movies or however many characters it was going to ultimately ultimately start as and ultimately became, you know, four different main stars together from all the movies into one movie and, and make it work. I mean, from a movie making standpoint, that's that's a tough call. And uh, they're doing it. It's it's all but done at this point. I mean, we've got we're, done, we're, yeah. principal photography is done. All right, let's uh, dial it back here because Thor will return in the Avengers, Yay. and we're about to see our big Easter egg scene here. Yes. Which is funny. the The Thor teaser at the end of Iron Man Two is directed by Kenneth Branagh, 
this teaser at the end of Thor was directed by Joss Whedon. Well, then clearly, I, I bet they uh, were going to see a, this scene or something similar in uh, in the Avengers. They they filmed this while they were doing photography on the Avengers itself. This is clearly sometime in not sometime a long time, but sometime in the future. They've been working in New Mexico a little bit, a little bit more. Yeah. Remember, we had the conversation with uh, Brad about this scene, whether or not what what Loki was actually doing, if he was possessing him or just influencing influencing him. I'm uh, I'm I I fall on the side of influencing. Yeah, Selvig. He's not directly controlling him. I think the key reference is in the mirror. We see both of them in the mirror. And here we go. There's the cube. Again, so many people are like, well, what was that? Like, doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. You'll find out. There he is. That was the cool. That's so cool. And again, my son, he sees a scene. He's like, there's Loki. (laughs) Great way to end it. Yeah, that's. I think that's probably my favorite of the of the Easter eggs. Although it's ha- kind of hard. I mean, th- the whole Samuel L. Jackson cameo in the end of Iron Man is just oh that kinda, that's that sets it off. I mean, I think this one's right up there with that one because of the significance. The rest were like, oh, okay, it's a teaser of the next movie, or you know, like the Iron Man one, like we're putting a team together. Okay, again, another team teaser of the Avengers, but we've seen that before. But I know people they saw this one. They're like, what? That's it? I'm like, what? Yeah, what? Like, okay, we've got the Cosmic Cube, which, okay, that's in S.H.I.E.L.D. hands. I'm going to, at this at the point we haven't seen Cap, of course, so we're probably going to be seeing that in Cap, and at the end of Cap, it's going to fall in, it's going to end up in uh, U.S. hands, which it did. We've got Loki on Earth. That'll play in the Avengers, which clearly it does. Uh, there was a lot in there to tease the two movies that were, that were coming after this one. Uh, I, I was still amazed people came back with the... Uh, the line, what, that was it? I'm like, what do you mean that was it? What more do you want? Well, I mean, and the, they've all been just very short. So, well, I mean, yeah. what do, you know, again, what do you but, expect? But take I Iron mean, Man 2. Gonna... We, we knew Thor was the next movie. We're like, okay, let's see what the Thor yeah. teaser's going to be. It was awesome. I mean, it was quick. It was just nothing but the hammer, but it was still awesome. Yeah. So, um, you haven't heard Jim in a little bit because uh, we did have some technical issues and he dropped. So, um, Jim, thanks for joining us. We have Captain America uh, hits DVD Blu-ray on October 25th, I believe. So um, in and around there, watch watch for our commentary on that to wrap it up. And it won't be long after that that we will be getting our uh, um, HHW Avengers Inif- Initiative page up and running. So you could find I mean, you can find all the content now, but we'll have it indexed in one spot for you. All of our review shows, all of our commentary shows, uh, all in one spot for you. Russ, do you want to dive into anything before we wrap it up? No, I think I think we've about covered it. Um, again, we we tried to get this out pretty timely. Um, you know, DVD, Blu-ray came out today. We hit the stores and uh, popped it in and yeah. got to it. Yeah, I was uh, thrilled to be able to do that for us and uh, just not put it off because uh, if we did, it would probably be Cap would be out before we got to this one if we did try to put it off. So uh, thanks yeah. to the other Legion of Dudes for letting us uh, – Slip this into the schedule and get it out there for you. Um, these are always fun to do for me. Get to watch. I get to watch a movie with Russ and Jim. Exactly. 
Um, we all love Captain America, so I would not be surprised if we're if there's if there's uh, all of us on that show. Yeah, me either. I would not be surprised at all. So, which is a good thing. I mean, less dead air, hopefully. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I guess with that, we're going to keep it short and clean and wrap it up. Jim, thank you for joining us. Sorry you dropped. Russ, thank you. Uh, pleasure. And all of you, thanks for listening. And uh, keep listening to Legion of Dudes every Thursday, Half Hour Wasted every Monday. Media Minutes, out now with Aaron and A, PKD Media Black Box, and, uh, and of course, the Walking Dead TV podcast. Um, hey, Walking Dead, does uh, Season 2 start on and around Halloween again? It'll be a little earlier. It's uh, actually the weekend of New York Comic Con. Oh, so it, we're like three, we're about a month away at this point. Yeah. We found out they're going to do six episodes, they're going to take an 11-week break, and they're going to come back and do the other six. Oh, okay, so you get a double length, double the length, um, just a little spread out, though, is all. Yeah. No, yeah. We, can work with, we can work with that. Excellent. Yes. Yeah, have you guys wrapped up your commentaries, or do you still have any more to do? I think we have the finale left. Okay. Um, I think there's just one more, one more to go. Good. All right, then. Well, with that, I'm Ken Morgan. On behalf, uh, thanks again to Jim and Russ for joining us. And all of you for listening, we will see you next time on the Legion of Dudes. Good night.